And I, I might be some recency bias. It's been a while since I've, I've read a, a Scott Snyder Batman book. So, mm-hmm. and the last one I think was like a 42 part uh, story arc. So that one was a little longer <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah, I guess for me, um, I think it's hit and miss with Tom. And it was the same for me with Scott. I, I definitely loved the first two arcs that Scott did. I loved the Bloom arc. I absolutely detested the Mechbat, personally. I'm not saying yeah, it was mm-hmm. poorly written. I just didn't yeah. like it. Um, so there was a lot of ups and downs with Scott. With Tom's work, um, there's ups and there's downs with that as well. Uh, I don't know as if there's anything that... Um, you know, it's really hard when you say only Scott Snyder could have written The Court of Owls because he wrote it. Could somebody else have written it? Probably. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess the, I think it's, it's in execution. And I would say that through the first 30 some issues of Batman, I think Tom is every bit Scott's equal. And I think it's unfair to judge one against the other because what Scott did with the character was to develop a lot more uh, surrounding pieces, things like the Court of Owls, things like Mr. Bloom, whereas Tom has done more uh, with Bruce himself in development, especially with the engagement, things like that, the War of Jokes and Riddles, where it's been more internal Bruce Wayne as opposed to external and surrounding atmosphere. So I I don't know as if it's fair to really compare the two from a purely... um, output creative standpoint. I think they both have their positives and they both have their uh, areas where you kind of go, eh, well, it's all right. Well, yeah, you love everybody. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. Believe me. <laughs> but yeah, Tom King has to get credit for things like uh, in the button, the conversation he has with his father that kind of changes the entire persona yeah. and the way he is going forward in this. I would assume the rest of Tom King's writing of Batman is going to flux a lot on that conversation and, yes. and, and the impact it had on Bruce Wayne on, on it, did it have on Batman. And I don't think anything that Scott Snyder did necessarily changed the DNA of Bruce Wayne or Batman as much as that, that interaction has in the current Batman top King, Tom King line. Right. And, and, you can, and he, he, um, he also gets credit for Monster Men. <laughs> so I, I Yeah, so that's uh that's a demerit. Yeah. Um Yeah, well, was that him fully? Because I think that there was um co scripting, I think. There was co scripting because what happened during that was yeah, it was Steve Orlando did the bulk of that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh and Riley Rosmo, I think, was the artist, if that sounds right. But well, that he, was he wasn't on it at all? No, Tom King was on it, but I think the bulk of it was Steve Orlando because that yeah. was just when, because uh, that crossed over too. That went into Nightwing and yeah. it went into yeah, it was two and two as a four total issue. It yeah, it started on on Steve Orlando. Right. So we actually Tim Seeley was uh, when he was in the shop. We talked to him about that a little bit, and he said, "Yeah, that was totally us having to get our legs underneath us, not realizing how fast the pace was going to be, and knowing that." The publishing arm was not letting us be late. Steve came in and said, "Hey, I've got this idea," and the writers and artists were like, "Oh, thank God, we need a we need to be able to get back on track a little bit." So they took that Monster Men um, mini and threw it in there as a way to kind of give them a little bit of a breather. So I'm not going to pin all of that on Tom, but his name's on the book, so yeah, yeah I'll give him a little bit. Uh, now, since uh, thir- I think 34 and 35 are both Joel Jones art. 
uh, has Joel Jones art been noticed by your clients and pull list customers? Well, one there? guy in particular um, lives in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's a stalker. <laughs> we don't want to talk about him. No, uh, so Batman has remained very consistent for us. What actually uh, I think brought a little bit of an uptick to Batman was not so much the artist as it was the continuance of the proposal. Gotcha. That was the biggest thing. But once people opened the book and they saw it, what actually ended up happening is I've been able to sell more trades of Lady Killer. So, oh, cool. wow. That's awesome. Um, not necessarily a Batman uptick, but because Joelle's art is being seen, it allows us to sell her other stuff. So, works for me. Awesome. Um, anything else in the top 10 that uh, jumps out at you that you want to you touch on? Any, any Anything that's uh, that was interesting for you? Either one of ba- you. Batman Annual 2. Oh, yeah. Um, Great read. F- fantastic read, and I think that this might be a book, if you don't have it, uh, I know we talk about a lot of books that flare up and then kind of dissipate over time. This might be one of those annuals that actually retains a good chunk of value uh, because of the the story that's in it with Selena. I, I just it, it ties in a little too much with a lot of what Tom is doing, and it's not a typical annual that is dispensable compared to the main line. I think that this one actually may get at least that part of the story may get collected into some sort of future hardcover or something like that. So um, more from a creative and a content standpoint, I think Batman Annual 2 might be one for folks to just be aware of. And if they see it at cover or under, snag it because we sold out day of. The buzz was mm-hmm. was big. Yeah, like, um, like a DC Holiday Special. Yeah, don't even get me started on that. Now, you want to talk I, about I that? that? <laughs> I read that, and um, I liked it. I thought it was good. I mean, the standout for me was the start was the Sergeant Rock, Tom King, Frank Avia, uh combo there that I could I could see being an ongoing just like that. Um, but I, I'm not sure what else is driving the excitement about it. It was it was good. There were a lot of good stories in it, but um, what am I missing? Well, what you're, what I would say you're missing is the very, very low supply of it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think James and I talked about it with Sam on the um, comic book page Slack channel. What happened with that DC special was it was a $10 book. We had one person pre-order it. That doesn't give us a lot of confidence to get <laughs> right. hung with a $10 book. So we didn't bring a lot in to put on the shelf. Well, the day before, so the Tuesday that before it came out, everybody starts sending us messages. Hey, can you pull this for me? Can you put it in my box? Every single person we had to say after the second or third person, because we had people walking in asking for it, we had to start saying, we don't have any copies of it. And the response of everybody was, well, nobody has any copies of it. And our response is because nobody pre-ordered it. You know, it's I get it. Everybody expects us, especially with the big two, to have the books on the shelf. But at the same time, from a retailer perspective, sometimes these books are total flops. And at $10 a pop, we're not going to stock 50 of them on the shelf. Right. Because if you take a 50% margin, that's that's 250 bucks. Yeah. We're not going to get stuck with that on one book. 
Um, and especially with it being seasonal, it kind of exactly. seems like it has a shelf limit too. Exactly. So it was one of those things where this was a, a perfect example of why you want to pre-order if you can. And also it's a perfect example of why the speculator market is alive and well right now in comics without the variants. It's a book that shot up on the secondary market. I think it doubled in price because nobody had it. The print run was small. Um, I Are they going back to a second print? I don't know. And if they do, will will it be a big buzz? I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was that was a weird issue where just no, there was no buzz about it come ordering, come FOC, nothing. But the day before it hits, everybody and their brother had to have it. So that was a that was a tricky one. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I thought it was a good read, but I, yeah, I couldn't couldn't put my finger on it. But I guess it's just um, rarity. Uh, I think it, I think a lot of it was scarcity. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Um, anything else on uh, uh, the top tens or number of uh, items shipped or anything that stands out that anybody wants to talk about? We're gonna wrap this up. I've got one last thing, and that's looking at the dollar share between Marvel and DC. So Marvel wins the dollar share again. Um, well, you know, I don't think that's a that's a uh, feather in their cap, right? <laughs> I I don't as well. And I guess I, their shareholders probably do, though. Nah, maybe depends. <laughs> um, the reason from obvious eyes, but I mean, not everybody listening may have those obvious eyes. For us, you know, Marvel titles are a dollar more per issue, so you've got that. Um, for the month, DC shipped 95 comics and 36 graphic novels or trades. Marvel shipped 85 comics and 46 graphic novels and trades, so uh, 131 for each of them total combined shipped, but at a dollar figure much higher for Marvel, right? Because you've got DC trades that are anywhere from fourteen ninety nine to sixteen ninety nine. Marvel trades are usually sixteen ninety nine to twenty four ninety nine. Uh, plus, you can always count on a couple of omnibus from Marvel in the one hundred to one twenty five range. Uh, and DC, I think they had a Batman omnibus that came out at seventy five, and maybe a Flash omnibus that came out at a hundred. So, um, yeah, it's honestly, if I was. If I was DC, I would say this is a huge win. This is a yeah. huge month for us. Yes. Um, we totally, and, and this is actually one of the things that I've talked to John about when you're looking at strength of publishing is what's the what's the dollars per page kind of thing or, or cents per page as opposed to total dollar shared. Because if you've got you know a jacked up page price due to higher price for trades, single issues, whatever, yeah, you're always going to win. But normalize it over that, and all of a sudden, maybe you'll see somebody pulling ahead. Maybe Image has a normalized percentage of sixteen percent uh, instead of eight percent because they have nine ninety nine first trades on most of their uh, most of their volumes. So it's it's kind of how you look at it. But I would just say that to your to your point, Drew, winning this month on dollar share by less than what about a percent and a half yeah. is not really a huge win. And crushing on unit share. I mean, it was just a dominating lead on on unit share, and I mean, I I, I am not a, a fanboy either way for DC or Marvel. I read a lot of Marvel. I read a lot of DC, and I'm up and down on both publishers depending on what the quality of their books are from from time to time. But I would say I feel like Marvel's on shakier ground. Um, it seems to me that to get to their market share. Um, they're doing a lot of of, of variant printing um, and 
uh, up their up your order to unlock this, where a lot of their comics are sitting uh, unsold on shelves. Whereas DC's, since they're open to order, I get the feeling that they're selling through a, a, a larger percentage of their comics off the, off the comic store shelves. But uh, I could be wrong. That's just my sense. Uh, no, that's that's definitely true in our store. Uh, DC sells through uh, because, like you said, it's open to order. We don't have to jump through any hoops. Um, but I think in our last, actually in our last episode, James came clean a little bit and said, yeah, we're making more money on Marvel than right. we are on DC because right. we have those, those incentive variants that we're selling. And to be quite honest, it's a 50-50 split. We're selling 50% of them in-store, yeah. and we're selling 50% of them online uh, through things like eBay or yeah. other groups. Uh, so, yeah, we're making a little bit more money on Marvel. Would we rather be making the money on Marvel the way we're making it on DC? Absolutely, because we can count on it. We can bank it. Yeah. We can forecast it. All of that. And as a retailer, um, you don't have to care how you make your money as much as a, as a, us as you know a, we're just readers and we we're so we, we sit up on top of our mountaintop and look down upon the business aspect of the industry and we <laughs> and we just uh, say oh well dog if, if only if it was only it was just great story writing and and fa la 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 well we know there's business attached to this stuff and you have it, it doesn't matter if if there's 150 copies of venom gathering dust in the back room because you already made uh, plenty of profit off of that. So if, if yeah, you may have sold through uh, the Christmas special, everything that you ordered, but y you know, you, you, you didn't make as much. So it, it's, it doesn't matter that you're sitting on, on copies and they're not actually selling through because you've made more money with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a the business aspect brings a whole different view than just the reader and collector aspect of it. That's for sure. And it's one of those things where um, as a business and, and we've talked about this, I think, before, we don't go in for every Marvel incentive variant. We don't go in for all of those one in one thousands. We've done four of them now. Phoenix Resurrection is one that we're going to do one of the one in one thousands. Um, but there's very calculated and specific reasons as to why. And each one of those is completely different than the other. And it takes a lot of thinking, number crunching. Um, a lot of those pieces have to be put in place before you make that decision. Some businesses can probably get away with it easier than others. You know, maybe a DCBS who they may have 800 or 900 subscribers and if it's a mainline marvel or dc book sure they're going to hit that one in 1000 a lot easier yeah. but from the i would say 90% of of retailers there's got there's considerable thought now there's probably 50 or 60% of retailers that don't even bat an eye and aren't even going to think about it yeah uh, but you know there's some of us that are in the middle that each one that comes along, we crunch the numbers, we figure out, is it worth it, is it not, and go for it, you know, if it's something we think we can. Now, the Phoenix Resurrection with the um, the Art Germ covers that are on there, uh, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, James reached out to Marvel and said, hey, if you make the, the uh, they had the first Art Germ cover, if you make that part of the 1 in 1,000, we'll buy 1,000 copies, uh, because we know that an Art Germ cover is going to have long legs. 
And we and David Gabriel came back and said, "All right, you know what? We'll do it." And that was the whole reason why Marvel came out and said, "Okay, so this is going to be a uh, you know an open to order and count towards your thousand, and then you're going to have the Virgin." Uh, art germ as the whatever it was one in 100 or one in 200 so you can thank james everybody out there can thank james from cowabunga comics for for pushing <laughs> that with marvel um so we will have a thousand of those art germ covers here that's and super cool yeah we've we've pre-sold a lot of uh, a lot of the variants already through other means both in the store and online um so we're already in the green on it which is you know that's the that's the main goal but um with that calculated risk of having those art germs if we have 800 art germs sitting in our in our uh, you know back room, that's fine. We can toss one of those out there, and we know that art germs are going to sell over a very long period of time. We're still selling art germ back girls. We're selling you know anything that comes in with his art on it goes for at least cover, if not double, triple, quadruple cover. So even if we make cover on them, we're already in the in the green. We're good. Now you don't you do not have to. Um spill this because this is a business practice uh, in inside so you don't have to tell me um do you have more than one customer that goes for the big one in 1000 variants that you reach out to personally before you make that decision yes we do so it's more than one yep we have a couple of of folks that we talk to Whales, usually they will call them. <laughs> yes they will usually engage us um, and inquire about what the price is going to be on something. So, uh, and, and I will add in with so with as Marvel is wont to do, there are always there's always this beautiful thing called Marvel math, right? Which in most cases is meet this percent, get this, that, or the other. Well, in the case of Phoenix, um, they offered a, a deep discount, and we won't go into what that number is, but based on a certain percentage increase of an order of A over B, they will add. Anywhere from five to fifteen percent of an additional discount on top of your your normal discount. Wow! And highly profitable book at this point. Right. So Phoenix had an additional deep discount. Like I said, I'm not going to go to what it was, but that deep discount gave us enough to say, "Hey, all right, we can pre-sell these variants. We can pull some of these variants in on the shelf, and we know that they'll sell pretty quick. And then we'll have all these art rooms in the back, you know." It all worked out very, very well for this title. And that's essentially what has to happen for us to decide to do a 1 in 1,000 unless somebody comes in and is willing to pay whatever the full market value of that 1 in 1,000 is. Sometimes it's $2,000. Sometimes it's $3,000. Um, the ASM 25, that was a case of a deep discount on top of a buyer who wanted that ASM 1 in 1,000, that ASM uh, one, uh, 1 in 1,000. We had the, uh, there was the Venom. That had the same thing again. Had a deep discount, um, so it really there's a lot of, of pieces that go into play. Uh, James and I we've talked about it numerous times of just setting up a recording when we're doing our ordering, but there's just a little too much inside baseball that we can't give away. Yeah. Um, so we just we're just so hesitant to do that. But really, the entire previews takes probably about an hour to an hour and a half for us to go through. And Marvel takes about two and a half hours by the time we crunch all the numbers <laughs> and go through everything. And it's and it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but I'll say this. Retailers that are making money are taking that time. Yeah. And that time happens between 9 p.m. and 3 a.m. <laughs> That's awesome. 
That's cool. That's that's cool. I mean, I th I think yeah, having a bird in hand, uh, knowing that you're going to be able to sell those, um, for a certain price, gives you the ability to to, to pull the trigger on these a lot easier than, you know, putting them out on eBay as a presale and hoping that you get to a dollar amount that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's if there's anyone out there listening that wants those um, Archerm Phoenix number ones, you know, if you want to get five or ten of them, we'll cut you a good price. No doubt about it. Um, so just let us know. Yeah, because you're going to have um, a thousand of them. We'll, we'll have a handful, yeah. M minus whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, no, I mean, it's it's one of those things where there's a ton of work that goes into it. Um, it Ordering does take usually around five hours. By the time it's all yeah. said and done, and then FOC each week takes probably another hour and a half. Yeah. So in a month's worth of books, you're looking at close to ten to twelve hours just just looking at numbers, trying to order what's going to sell through the store. Um, which is again, that's why we try and encourage anyone who can pre-order as much as possible. It helps us because it takes a little bit of that ambiguity out. Yeah. Um, speaking of FOC, do you want to do FOC before or after Kyle takes us to the sneak peek? Why don't we do it before? Okay. Now, you guys, I sent you guys both the um, the FOC that goes in Monday. Yes. You got that? Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's, <coughs> as as always, the FOC is usually, um, comes out anywhere from two to five weeks ahead of when things are going to hit, depending on the publisher and depending on what the actual content is, um, did you guys get a chance to look through and see anything? I did. I looked through it, yeah. Okay. I give it a quick look. Any, you guys want to call stuff out first? I was thinking of upping my order on um, some of the, the Batman uh, metal metal stuff. And uh, Okay. But, but yeah, I'm mulling it over. I don't think so. Um, I did get... Um, my my white knight three didn't get damaged, right? Or it... as of so you were your white knight three will be coming in uh, when we get the restock. So fingers crossed, everything is good. I did reach out to DC personally, and I asked if it was a widespread damage that other people saw, and the response from them was no. And I trust them. I take it to the bank because they have been very very good at letting us know. In fact, they've gone out of their way to send both uh, Facebook notifications. Phone calls, text messages, and emails to say, hey, we've gotten a lot of reports that this book is miscut, misprinted. Please let us know ASAP if you see that issue. And they did not do that with White Knight 3. They said quite the contrary. Um, so I'm going to take them at their word that yours um, should be just fine. But we will have a plethora of the second prints coming in to be safe. And we do have a couple of the um, damaged White Knight 3's first prints here as well. Uh, and I was thinking about upping my order on Batman 39, too, um, because I think 39 was when there was going to be a new villain introduced, maybe. Was that 39 or 40? I'll have to look at the solicit. Oh, there's there's the link to the solicit. How, how handy. You're welcome. <laughs> that was very nice. Very nice. Not this one, I don't think. This is part of that Super Friends... Yeah, the tie-in or the yeah mini event. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, in DC, if we're going to talk about anything, James and I, when we look at ordering, we always try and figure out what um, what has the best legs on the shelf. 
So in this case, Batman Teen- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number uh, two, number three, uh, the variant edition is what we're stocking for the shelf. That's the Kevin Eastman cover. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much anyone that wants Batman is going to be going for Kevin Eastman. But most stores will just do the A cover because it's one line item. It's easier to track. So um, that's one that I I would say I always keep an eye out for. Kevin Eastman covers, whether it's TMNT, Batman TMNT, doesn't really matter. Those always sell through off the shelf. Very good call. The thing that uh, the only thing that jumped out to me is the second print of Teen Titans twelve. Yeah, which is your your first appearance of your Batman who laughs. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so the first print sat on shelves for two, almost two months with yeah. nary a, a a whiff of paying cover price for it, and mm-hmm. shot up to I don't know what prices do you guys see for it? I mean, it was cruising around at fifteen twenty bucks I think for a little while. Yeah, I saw it hit 30 at one point. Yep, so that one is one that we will be stocking. But uh, again, since some of the buzz has already dropped off of it, we're probably not going to go too deep. If anybody would want a second printing, recommend you talk to your retailer and um, either make sure you have it or ask them to order it for you. Uh, ice cream man i didn't even order that the first time around in the pre-order cycle are you getting buzz on that from image <laughs> so honestly we haven't really gotten any buzz i completely missed it as well i added it to my pull list it actually sounded uh, pretty good because it so right in the solicit it says ice cream man is a genre defined comic book series featuring disparate one-shot tales of sorrow wonder and redemption um to me having kind of that one-shot aspect of an ongoing type thing is makes it a little bit easier to sell and uh, i don't know the b cover is kind of creepy is it fraser um, irving <laughs> yeah yeah so that was one i actually added it to my pull list um it's not not widely known in our shop to, to say the least yeah i think i'll add that one too would you like an a cover or b cover sir uh, if you're getting a b cover i'll get a b cover too all right Kyle only gets cover A's, but I, I spread things around. <laughs> <laughs> Make all those artists feel good. Those artists that you don't believe bring much to the book. I, I, think, I think they're super <laughs> valuable. I love artists. <laughs> I, uh, I should have just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> so, um, yeah, through DC Image, it's pretty much kind of standard fare. You get down into the, the Marvel stuff and you get all that fun Marvel math where you've got kind of the, you must order at least X amount to get this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to see if there's really anything that jumped out at me. Oh, there's one more thing that jumped out at me. Oh, yeah. Uh, Witchblade number two, number one, flew like crazy, uh, very unexpectedly. So uh, I think two is going to fly as well. Is that a, is that a um... image? No, is that based on a, on a uh, video game? No, but it's just based on a previous property. But uh, I didn't think the next iteration would do much, but it uh, it sold completely out in very, very, very short amount of time. Huh. Yeah, so on this FOC, we have both the second printer number one and number two, both expected to hit shelves January 10th. Yeah. Which one are you thinking? Um, probably the second print. It doesn't... I was going to say, I don't see anything specific in here about the reprint of that, of what it looks like. 
Well, yeah, know, I've got the the cover here. You can click on the little link there. It'll show it'll show the the cover. Unless it doesn't show the cover. Yeah, does that look shows familiar? it on my side? Does that look look like the same one, Kyle? I have no idea. I don't remember what the first one looked like. Because I wasn't interested in it at all. Let's Caitlin just take a look Kittridge? here. Is that who that is? Huh. Looks exactly like the, the first cover. Yeah. So either they yeah. haven't released the cover art for the second one, they're just using the first, or it's just a It's going to have some straight kind reprint. of embossed something somewhere that says second printing. Yeah, it could just well, be hey, in the code. There's, there's also a retailer appreciation gold or that one somewhere floating around. Indeed there be. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, yeah. Um, honestly, the in image, the one thing that jumps out for new number ones, the one that has definitely the most buzz is Days of Hate from Alish Kott. Yeah. So that one's... Got a few folks on it. Um, all right, so good to jump to Marvel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of um, little variant things for uh, the Avenger stuff. None of it really is looking like a, a must get as far as artists. But you do have a Sankevich Legion number one variant. I was looking at that. I'm grabbing that cover right now. To look at it. I might. Hmm. Murky. Murky Sinkevich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that washed out watercolory type uh it's pretty yeah. nice. That's pretty nice. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Um the other it's on a number think, two. I don't think I ordered that, so No, you did not. Uh the other one is Marvel Two and One number two, has a Gabriel Delato variant. So Delato is one of those artists that uh, tends to do a pretty good job of selling off of the shelf. So we're able to um, to move some of those. That's one that a lot of stores won't get because they'll just get a number two. They'll just get the A cover and whatever they pick up along the way. There was there is a meter exceed eighty percent of number of issue number one. So that can throw a few things in for folks. So that's one that I would look out for. Um, let's see. Well, I'm just going to call it out. Not that anybody has to get it, but Punisher Max, Hardcover, Volume 1, Omnibus. If you love Punisher, if you love Garth Ennis, it's 100 bucks for the first one. It's good. It's a good get. Ouch. Unless you go through a, a reputable LCS who might give you a discount. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard that's, that's the... Uh opus uh, of Ennis's um, Punisher work. So, oh. yeah. It's unbelievable, and a lot of what they are building the Netflix Punisher off of is what came out of the Max line. Mm. Not necessarily the, the individual stories, but certainly the tone, um, kind of the psyche of Frank Castle, and things like that. So, uh, yeah. It's definitely I would consider it, if you're a Punisher fan or a Marvel Max fan, it is definitely required reading. Um, going into some of the back half stuff, I'm going to jump down to Dynamite Entertainment, and Drew, this one's for you. Yeah. 
Red Sonia number 12, cover C. Who that? Pia Guerra. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is doing a Red Sonia cover. I know that you uh, tend to jump on some of her stuff. So that's one that I was going to call it. It is open to order. Uh, we don't have a preview image, unfortunately, but um, that is one that I am looking at. And also, for those retailers that can go deep on Red Sonia, there is a 30-copy Guerra black and white uh, variant as well. You're not doing that. Who says? You're not doing thirty. You're not doing thirty <laughs> copies of of Red Sonia twelve, are you? Well, Kyle ordered twenty eight copies of the cosplay variant. <laughs> <laughs> that helps, I guess. <laughs> no, so um, we may we may do that. Really, we'll see. We we will see. There's not um, I can't believe there's any subs- that many subscribers. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's a few other things on here that are not so much spec stuff, but more just kind of getting into it. So, one of the things that I would say, anyone who's um, down with a hard case crime, you're going to have the next Millennium Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest number two is on FOC. So, if you miss that, get that in. That's one that I definitely would uh, advocate for. I like those hard case crime books myself. Um, odd, oddly enough, one of the books that's getting a little bit, a couple of folks jumping onto uh, from Zenoscope is Robin Hood, The Curse, number one. So this is the female Robin Hood. Um, it's by written by Chuck Dixon. So obviously some good writer chops there. This one's got actually a, a handful of subscribers on it. So none of the other Zenoscope Robin Hood books have thus far. I don't know what it is with this one, but that may be something just for folks that are Chuck Dixon fans to be aware of. Um, I'm trying Red to think if there's anything else. Um, is all their <laughs> are they coming out with all this stuff the same week? So yeah, all of it is slated to hit January 31st. You've got Darkon number one, Dual Identity one, Katrina one, and then uh, Markiplier two, Villain two, Wayward Legends number one, and Wayward Sons number one, all hitting on the same day. I have a feeling that that's going to change um, that kind of stuff usually doesn't happen but good they haven't they've put out triples of of comics for a year and now they're going to flood it in this in this week that doesn't make any sense yep now yeah we've got a couple of pre-orders for some of them one that we don't have any on but actually looks a little intriguing to me is dual identity number one uh i'm kind of big into the whole secret agent spy espionage all that kind of stuff so superhero that has to be a secret agent sounds kind of good i like the katrina one i was leaning towards that one katrina yep we do have a couple of folks pre-ordering for that interesting vampire some hurricane katrina yeah yeah i like i like that stuff probably kind of close to that moonshine but uh, maybe a little different. That's more cannibals, right? No, that was no. That's that's wolves. Yeah. Wolves, yeah. Yep. Nice. FOC is cool. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, was two hundred some items on FOC this week, so um, we're not going to go through all of them because a lot of it is just the continuance of things. However, it is it is good to. Uh, to be aware of and if you can get a list from your retailer so that you know what's coming up for for orders all right uh kyle you want to take us to december 20th 
Sure, if that's all for that, let's head over to previewsworld.com. We're going to look at December 20th, 2017, the penultimate week of December, the second to last week of 2017. And let's start where we always like to start. Let's see what we have in Dark Horse. Uh, we've got Krampus. Is that Kramp? Is that uh, the holiday Krampus by Mike Mignola? Hellboy Krampus Not. Oh, Krampus. Number one. Okay. Not the same Krampus. Yeah, I think. Uh, Mike, Mike Mignola and Adam Hughes. Man. Yeah, I was going to say, there's only one cover that really anyone should care about, and that's <laughs> the Hughes sketch variant, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, but no, we've, we've got a healthy dosage of these coming in. Either one, the A or the B cover, is definitely going to be uh, where that, I guess, that longer term money is going to be, yeah. the Adam Hughes cover. Uh, you don't really see Adam Hughes with Mike Mignola very often, so uh, if you can get both covers A and B, I think that those are going to be covers that you're going to want. Yeah, that's, that's and that sketch, sketch variant is pretty cool. Yep. Joe Golem, Occult Detective Flesh and Blood, number one. More Mike Mignola, this time with Christopher Golden writing with him. Occult Detective Joe Golem continues to pre protect New York City from supernatural danger when he investigates a home that has become a hotbed of paranormal activity. But the real danger may be from the person he least suspects. First issue of a new arc. I'm not familiar with Joe Golem. Yeah, it's, it's in that whole Mignoli verse, isn't it? Yes. Part of that. I'm done with Dark Horse, if you guys are. I'm not sure anything about Empowered Sister Spooky High School Hell. Adam <laughs> Warren book. Yeah, a bunch of volume. Okay, it's not, again, another previous title that I'm not familiar with, so just continuation stuff. Alright, let's head on down to DC. So, Joel's not on um, Batman anymore. It's Michael Jannon now. I think this is um, just the second part of a two-issue thing that Mikkel has done. No, so it's, I, it's, it's a couple. It, it's it's at least three. Cause the, is it? Yeah, because Super Friends was on the uh, FOC. Part, oh, that's right. Part yes. Three. Yeah. So I'm guessing probably a, it's pro maybe even a six. That's how they usually do it, right? So you we'll are correct. See. So we'll see who gets the next um, the next uh, arc, arc after that. Correct. Um, you got Batman TMNT, number two of six. Uh, you know, your A and B covers, both are great. Freddie Williams on the A cover and Kevin Eastman on the B cover. Both are Very lovely cool. people to talk to, by the way. Man. And Dark Knight's Metal 4, of course, coming out. It's going to blow up. You betcha. Huh. Sorry, I keep looking at these covers. I'm not looking at anything, but looking at art. Yeah, the yeah the, the B covers are always really cool. And then Jim Lee and Scott Williams on that fourth one. Yep. So Yeah, I think they've... Uh, well, I know that Lee's done... Everyone, I think Hubert's done the other ones for for metal. Take a look at the the Frank Cho pencil sketch cover for Harley Quinn thirty three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is that the is that the final cover? You think? 
No, it's going to be colored. At least uh, from what we've been told through the the uh, DC channels, it'll be fully colored. Um, DC has really, really gone out of their way to help retailers by providing all of the covers for us by FOC date. Marvel isn't usually as good about that, unfortunately, but DC is has been really, really good. And I, I believe that a lot of that is feedback that retailers have given, but also because they have open-to-order variants. So there's really no incentive for us to order a variant if we can't see what it looks like and actually know what we're ordering. If we don't see it, we're just going to go with the A cover uh, because, by and large, the A covers are always in there. So... This is really more for them to give us better details. So this will be fully colored, uh, like every Frank Cho one has been, as far as we're aware. But you know what? The, but that's these why covers sketch. aren't in pre, the previous catalog. You don't get correct. You don't get to see of them, see them in the pre-order cycle. So that's another reason to maybe take a closer look at that FOC. It, it might that cover might be available as FOC by FOC. Yes, DC, the cover's always always available by FOC, and if it's not, uh, they will, sometimes they'll pull the cover, or they'll substitute a different cover. So, so when, when, we're, when we have our, when Kyle and I have our previews, and we're flipping through, and you guys too, when you're flipping through and looking at the covers, you, you, a lot of times they don't show, it might not even have the artist at the time, it might be TBD. Right, he's very, very good. He does a lot of stuff. <laughs> or she. I don't know if it's a he or she, but they do a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. I'll look at the Justice League 35 variant. That's pretty sweet. There's never a cover B worth it for Nightwing, unfortunately. It's J.G. Jones on the, on the Justice League B cover. Oh. Dang. Yeah, Nightwing's just phoning it in. Has been the most most of the series, Ron. Yeah. So yeah, and we've got Sons of Tomorrow will be both in Super Sons and Superman. So, a little crossover event going on there. Part two in Super Sons and part look at one. Yeah. Okay, so one is in Superman. And two is in Super Seven. Oh, that's so. awesome! And yeah, I, I've, I've been loving these books, so I'm, I'm psyched yeah. about it. I like the 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 B cover, the Dustin Nguyen cover on uh, Super Sons Eleven, and then I think I just like the A the most on Superman Thirty Seven. That Ivan Rice cover A, it's pretty cool looking. Yeah, but they're they're both nice. I, I mean. I, I could I could see somebody going all in on both covers of mm-hmm. everything. They're just they're, they are glorious. Did you read any of the Wonder Woman Conan, or did you read the first one? Was yeah, it? I read that. I'm I'm still reading yeah. it. All right, are you still yep. reading it? Gotcha. We are on four of six of that series, co-published with Dark Horse. In that case, uh, Aaron Lepresti cover B is nice. Mm-hmm. And Trinity's got a really cool Jason Fabok cover B. Very cool. Anything else in DC? Um, I didn't know Jim Lee was doing Wildstorm covers. Um, I guess that makes he- sense, right? That was was that his? Uh, wasn't that his 
Wasn't Wildstorm his creation over at Image? You betcha. Yep. Yeah. I think Warren yeah. Ellis is doing a better job than he did. Quality-wise, but it's been 30 years since I've read a Jim Lee Wildstorm, so... It's tough to point out. Anything else in D.C. for you, Eric? No, nothing for me. Nothing out of the ordinary. Right. Let's head on out and see if we can find anything in IDW. I'm excited about Assassinistas, the Teeny Howard, Gilbert Hernandez book. Um, I think it uh, it looks to be kind of weird and trippy, and I'm interested in this Black Crown imprint of IDW. That's what I was going to ask you about. Yeah. Um, because... You know, I know Kyle. You've struggled to get an inroad in IDW. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you've you've tried and tried and tried and can't find anything. So maybe this Black Crown imprint will be a way for us to look. It'll be stuff that will that we can at least check out and sample. I would be interested in reading the comic associated with the cover B, but not interested in reading the comic associated with cover A. <laughs> I believe they're one and the same, sir. Ah. The Sanford Green cover is pretty nice. Yeah. But I think there's going to be more things from the Black Crown imprint and in the coming months. So I think that'll be cool. Eric, do you stock the comic book history of comics in your store? We do not. No, it's um, actually we never get pre-orders for it. And the nice thing about IDW is that most of their stuff is available for quite a long time after uh, after it comes out for yeah. reorders. So that tends IDW in general tends to be stuff that uh, we will be able to reorder for someone when they come in and have it within a week to two weeks. I would think these history uh, comics of the comic book industry would do well in trade more so than floppy. Yeah, and they're more of a pocket subgenre and. Again, it's one of those things where you know you mar- you know your market and you know who you are going to potentially sell this to, um, and if they don't have any interest in it, then you know why stock it per se for for the hopeful. Now, if we were in a market like New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, something like that, Chicago, where there was you know hundreds of thousands of people a week that are going to be walking by the store, yeah, sure, maybe we'd stock a copy of it, but. Um, for us, no, this isn't this isn't something that we would stock unless if it was pre-ordered. Kyle, we've been to Chicago like three or four times now, right? And we yep. still haven't gone to a comic shop in Chicago. Yeah, I walk by the one at Millennium Park all the time, but never get the chance to go. We should in. do that. We should do that once. We, not that it we probably should. Not that not we're trying. We're not trying to cheat on you, Eric. But you know, we like to. Check no, out. no. No, we, I mean, James and I, whenever we travel anywhere, we always go see the local stores because it, uh, we've done, we've done an episode or two on it where we'll do shop crawls where we go and look at what's working in other stores. We look at what they stock. We look at how their stores laid out. Um, yeah, of course we compare ourselves to them and say, oh, we're better at this or that, but there's actual things that we take every time from other retailers, uh, that we like the visual presentation of something. And so we do it in our store, um. Sometimes it works. Most of the time it does. Sometimes it doesn't. So, no, it's by all means. And whenever I go into one of those stores, unless if I am just completely turned off, I always try and spend a few bucks. So it's it's not a bad thing at all. It keeps the industry going, the market going, and 
there's a good chance that they may have something that we don't that catches your eye and you're like, oh, son of a gun. Now that I can hold it in my hands and look at it, I'll buy it. They got a whole in I like, cap. I like listening to DC uh, holiday specials. <laughs> I doubt I like you're going to find your guys' podcast when you go into uh, one of those comic book shops with the uh, gruff, no everything owners, that just the one guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some single guys that single ownership guys that do everything that are fantastic, and there's some stores that have a plethora of employees that we would rather never walk back into again. So it's not one or the other, but yeah, I mean, but it's it's I think anyone in any small business you can gain so much by going to different stores and seeing what works, and it can help you be that differentiator, take that next step. I mean, you can find that pocket product that you have that nobody else has that can set you above and make you that true destination so it's worth it all right anything else in idw not a thing (laughs) (laughs) swing and a miss strike two image comics let's see what they got for us hey guys don't sleep on dark fang the first issue was awesome so um take another look at dark fang i mean i know it looks maybe derivative and um you know, played out, but it's not. It's it's it was a fun modern vampire tale. Really liked it. At least that first. At least Tag that first line. issue. Tagline at the back end of the solicit. Also, what does all this have to do with a swimming pool full of grape jello? Yeah, I don't know what that is, but yeah, <laughs> first issue was great. I don't know what the second issue is going to be, but the first issue was great. Uh, did you like Evolution? Anyone? Didn't read it. Yeah. Didn't read it. Didn't do it for me. How about Family Trade? Yes, I do like that. Do you like it? I, th- I, thought, I do. I thought it was okay. Uh, I, I am like a Genius Cartel. I like it better than, I think, the first volume. Surprised. Oh, yeah, the Mark Bernard. Now, did they release all six of these books, five of these books in successive <laughs> no, weeks? No, no. All right. It'll take a little longer this time. Very nice. Headlopper's still hanging around. That's cool. I stopped reading it. Six bucks. Invincible. How close are we to the end? Second to last. Second to last. Penultimate. Penultimate. Oh, yeah. Your penultimate. Exactly. One more issue issue after this until the end. We are as sad as you are. And is this the penultimate of spread? Oh, man. It might be. Can we go back to Jack Invincible real quick? Sure. Yeah, go back. Yeah, definitely. So as I've been watching this come towards the end, I do have to wonder if the end of Invincible isn't going to be the start of something new. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, the son of Mark Grayson coming in. I'm I just curious as to whether or not that there will be this issue in this case could be something where, you know, the son could be the main character of a follow-up series that starts at a new number one, gives Kirkman a launch point. I don't know, but um, Kirkman seems to be the kind of guy that wants to have a couple series going at a time, and it does make me wonder if jumping in with characters that are kind of already there in a world that already exists isn't going to be a, an easier, yeah. a, a better jump in and hook more people potentially. So um, that that's more of me just curiosity or, or wondering as opposed to solid fact and knowledge but he already has that other that third that third title coming um with uh 
Is it Ribic? Who, who's the guy that he's got the other the other book launch with coming up? I can't remember. But yeah, he's so he's got Outcast, Walking Dead, and um, whatever this new one is that's coming out soon. Right. Yeah, I just don't know if down the road this will be something that turns up. I would be super surprised if he goes back to the well after 144 issues, but maybe. Either way, pick up that last issue and maybe even this one. It's been a it's been a crazy a crazy arc, I'll tell you that. This did you read the one with we, the sun battle? Mm-mm. Eric, do you read it? No, I, I've paged through a few issues here and there, but mm. I uh, yeah, I'm not fully versed in it. Cool stuff. We're still trickling out Walking Dead tribute variants, and we have Rockstar's number eight. You're shiting me. No, wouldn't wouldn't do such a thing. Well, I'm sure Eric's got that coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> sure do. I can't believe how long these some of these are taking. That's about it. Realms and Redlands and everything else. All right, let's head on and see what Marvel's got for us. How many subs you got on Redlands up there? Uh, Redlands, we've got a handful. Yeah. Um, actually, it's one of the better... It's growing, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's growing, and it's one of the better younger, um, I would say younger as in lower numbered image series for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, Jordi Belair. Um, but number two, it's kept to a schedule, and that is key for any independent yeah. book. Yeah. Don't take a three-month hiatus if you can help it. I mean, you can do it if it's a if it's the end of an arc and a trade break. People understand it at this point. But if you're a superstar. Don't, don't do it in between issues two and three. Yeah. Or, or don't take two and a half years off between issues one and two. Yeah. <laughs> Non-player. Non-player. <laughs> Great book, by the way. Fantastic book. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked a bit on FOC about Marvel 2-in-1. So here we have the first issue of Marvel 2-in-1 written by Chip Zadarsky. Oh, can we talk the about Champions real quick? Um, sure. Did you guys did you guys read this at all? Nope. I have to be honest, I don't read uh, much Marvel right now. Oh, man. Um, but you've been, you've been thumping the Champions drum for a number of months now. Yeah. You had it in your 12 books of yeah. Christmas. Got the, got yeah, the writer f- wrong, but yeah. Um, <laughs> it, 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 they, but see, writers don't really make that much of a difference. That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. You're not going to get invited Just back. kidding, Chip. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so it, it, it killed off a character who I love, but maybe it didn't kill, kill that person off. So um, I just didn't know if you guys had read it and had a take on it so uh, i won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it yet uh, the last issue yet um but it it brought a tear to my eye it was traumatic we can move on sorry to hear that (laughs) hey man it's good writing right when you can uh write a character that uh the readers care so much about that it affects them when something bad happens to them that's good Absolutely. Cry on them funny books. It lowers the resale value, so be careful. <laughs> oh, but and like I said, FYI, the, the two-in-ones. FYI, the, uh, this do- not this Doctor Strange, but an upcoming Doctor Strange arc. Um, Donny Cates is doing a team-up, writing a team-up with uh, Moon Knight coming in. So 
for, for all you Moon Knight fans out there, both of you, um, please, <laughs> please uh, don't don't miss that if you want to, if you if you aren't reading Doctor Strange, which you should be because Donny Cates is crushing it. Huh, I'm not seeing a ton. You guys are anti-Marvel. No, I'm not anti-Marvel. I was, at one point, all into Marvel, but I don't... You know, I did two issues of X-Men Gold. It wasn't anything for me. Um, I don't know anybody who's interested in 22 issues of Poe Dameron. <laughs> uh, how about Marvel 2-in-1, though? What do you think about that? I, yeah, yeah, I talked about that. It looks pretty cool. We talked about the first one. This is Zdarsky writing the first one. Excited about that, right? I mean, it's different members of the Fantastic Four, which you know I'm not real into. Yeah, so that's true. This will be one of those <laughs> titles I will uh, pick and choose if it's interesting or not interesting. But here's your fate of the Fantastic Four. Moon Knight goes to a second printing, which Kyle uh, bullied me. Which also brings a tear to your Kyle, eye. Kyle bullied me into ordering. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Completion assessment. Yeah. Just do yeah, it. You can't not have that. And it's a Sinkevich cover. I know. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, but it's a second print. Good looking book, man. Good looking book. Mighty Thor's Tales of Russian. Suspense 100. Which one? Anything. Tales of Suspense number 100. Yeah. Starting the Red Ledger part one. Matthew Rosenberg with art by. Travel Foreman. Yeah, um, Matt, Matt Rosenberg's the the new hot Marvel guy, but he is uh, writing an awful lot of books. Uh, you know how I feel about become, that? Become the Jason Aaron of Marvel. Yeah, yeah and there's a, there's a variant of this one, too, I believe. Hmm. On FOC? No, no. I think no, there just... was two covers of this book when they were when it was originally solicited. Independently artable? Probably not. Because normally, I was going to say, normally the non-inventory are in the new printings and listings. This is just the stuff that comes out. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I am super excited about X-Men Grand Design. Um, You know how much I love Hip Hop Family Tree, Ed Pisker's uh, Fantagraphics work? Oh, yeah, we talked about this. So he is now going to do uh, an X-Men history book. Uh, in his <laughs> style, and um, I, I, um, I, I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, but I don't know if his art style is going to mesh with a lot of people in his writing style. But I, ho- I hope it it clicks because at six bucks, it's a big investment. Yeah, six bucks. We got a big page count in this. Yeah. I did not get the um, any of the variants. I got the A cover on this. This was a book that a lot of people added after the initial order was put in. Uh, so I don't know if that gives anyone any insight, but uh, it's one that definitely has picked up a little bit of buzz as we've gone along. I wonder why. It just got missed? Fell through the cracks? You know, I think that might have been a part of it, and I think I think it also came out without as much fanfare as like Wade returning to the Avengers and things like that. Yeah. So it just kind of got 
lost in the in the wash. That's true. There's so much, so many storylines going on everywhere. It's tough. Right. You do a lot of these true believers one dollar covers for Marvel. Hit or miss depends on the character. Uh, obviously, gotcha. New Mutants ninety eight. We definitely went all in on a bunch of those. Uh, we sold through, and they're out of print and going for up to ten dollars on eBay, which is nuts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so we'll we'll do certain things like that. Obviously, the Walking Dead through Image, we do the one dollar start saga. We do that one. Uh, but the Phoenix ones, we've kind of been pick or choose. Uh, we kind of see where pre-orders go. There's a actually we get a healthy number of people that want that issue for a buck just to kind of have it. Um, mm-hmm. Other ones that have done really good, I think they did a Hulk 181. Um, yeah. I think they did a Mutants 87. So, you know, any of those key issues where there's a first appearance are going to be big. Sometimes the character development key issues aren't as big. So a lot of these Phoenix ones haven't really done it as much. Gotcha. All right. Anything else in Marvel before we move on down? No. All right. Let's check out our booms, our dynamites, our archies, our titans. Our our aftershocks uh, with Backways number one, written by Justin Jordan, your boy, and yeah. art by Eleonora Carlini. There is a hidden nation, a nation of magic and madness, one that exists in all the forgotten spaces, your basement, your attic, your haunted house down the street. Any one of those might be a part of the backways. Sounds good. And my boy Ben my boy Ben Templesmith on the cover B. And this is yeah, this is a slam dunk then. Yeah. We we saw that Catalyst Prime too, and it was that's a that's a pre-existing property, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to read the end of Centipede? Yes. yes, I still have issue four sitting there. I haven't read it yet, but I want to read. I want to read five too. I click on issue five, cover one, and it shows me the cover for issue four. So I, I think it's issue five. <laughs> yeah, we got the B cover issue five. We got. Fence number two coming out. Uh, Fence number one was, I think, a little bit of a quiet entry. Uh, We sold out. We did stock a couple for the shelf. Sold out, I think, Thursday after the first one came out. Uh, I don't know as if it's really done anything on the secondary market, but definitely one that uh, caught a little bit more buzz than what we were expecting. Yeah. Drew was big on that one. We went over in our uh, preview selection, Uh I believe. I was excited about that one, yeah. Well, you guys, you two, you two uh, can get your Trump book there. There you go. Donald Trump stole Christmas. <laughs> I'll read it to you on New Year- Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh, that'd be lovely. <laughs> Zombie Let's Tramp, see. Z Nation. Nothing else really jumping out at me. I'm behind a Lazaretto. I only read the first issue. I haven't read any more since then, so I that's stacking up. Made Men. I heard good things, but I haven't got a chance to read that. Um, there's a new Quantum and Woody, though. Um, I'm excited about that because that was one of my favorite Valiant books, and I have dropped off of all Valiant books. I haven't read a single Valiant in a while. Um, so I'm excited to give this one a shot. And this one's going to be written by Daniel Kibblesmith. 
I don't know him that well um, at all. I guess he's a writer from The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Um, so how that translates, I just don't know. Um, and Art <coughs> by Kano. Uh, but yeah, Quantum and Woody's been gone for a while, so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to reading that again. And did you guys qualify for the most variant of all variant variants? We did. Oh, did, did you? you get one of those? <laughs> we pre-sold it. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. That's that was. Yep. A, they need to do. They need <laughs> to do that, uh, like a second print of something or third print or something, and it just at least like a. I don't know. Somebody be regular people need to be able to get that thing. That would be fun. <laughs> Man, that's a cool-looking cover on Shadow 5. That Tyler Kirkham cover. How? Not a big Shadow guy, but that's cool. Sync 3 um, from Comics Tribe. Uh, the first, first one sold through very quickly. Rose in value. Um, I'm not sure about issue 2. But uh, issue three looks to be just as bloody and uh, interesting. So you should uh, maybe check into that. Check out that cover B too. Gross. Hmm. Yeah. But Comics Tribe is a pretty interesting company. Uh, I don't. You don't see a lot of pro productivity from them, but their stuff seems to be of high quality. I got nothing else. You guys got anything else? The final issue of The Chair um, from oh. Alterna. Uh, the dollar book that Eric won't stock because it doesn't make him enough money. <laughs> <laughs> Not a buff markup for him, so he doesn't bother. I'd stock a thousand of them if I could sell them. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, they don't seem to be catching on a lot. They barely make crack in the top. 300 or not even cracking the top 300 so um valiant effort I mean, I, I, but it's just not yeah catching on. I, I give them full marks on you know for the most part they're all hitting when they're supposed to as far as date goes i give them full marks on the presentation of going back to the newsprint the price point all that stuff um it's just the content the content inside is hit or miss and the biggest things that we've heard is that I like the writing on this one, but I don't like the art. Or And then the flip, I like the art, but I don't <laughs> like the writing. And we haven't been able to piece the two together. And, you know, with, with really cluttered and clogged shelves, um, it's it's crazy to think about it, but people would rather pay the two ninety nine or three ninety nine for a known quantity over the buck fifty for something they don't know. Yeah. And um, who knew? But I guess that makes sense. Well, those of us who are in the comic hobby, um, probably certain expectations. And uh, it, there's not a lot of kids going in on grabbing stuff off the spinner rack as an impulse buy anymore. So, Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and that's true. Um, and I think part of that is there's a lot of different facets to that. But, yes, I think you're correct. Hmm. We should just end the show right Anything. there where everybody says I'm correct. I like that. 
<laughs> in this Drew, instance, you Drew, you're, you're correct. Let me tell you yeah. where you're wrong. Yeah, let me tell you where you're wrong. <laughs> all right, guys, to the point in the show when I say out of this entire week's releases, out of all the books that came out this, the second to last week of 2017, what is the book to run into the local comic book shop and pick up? What's the book to have the big hot book or the one that will be worth more and more and more as the weeks go on and on? Drew, what do you got? Well, Eric is our guest. You can go first. Well, I'm looking through the variants, too. I want to see if there's any goodies over there. Um, honestly, for me, the, the first thing that jumps off is, um, I have to say, the, the Crump is not the uh, Adam Hughes cover, either the sketch or the A cover. Now, it's not a female, and Adam Hughes covers that have females on them tend to do even better, but um, it's still a Hughes cover, and those do tend to go quicker off the shelves than anything else. So I'm going to go with that one until I can find a variant cover, uh, like a a Dan Mora Marvel cover. And you want, you like the sketch on that one as well. Black and white looks really, really good on that Hughes. I do. I like, I like the sketch cover. Uh, however, the A cover is, <laughs> is also a Hughes and that's, uh, Kyle always swears by the A's. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I would say who, whichever one you prefer. Fantastic. I'm going with X-Men Grand Design. I'm hoping it's a special book. Um, that once people read it and get a taste of Ed Pisker, that it uh, uh, gets people excited about about his style and and uh, is a big hit. I hope so. And I have lost my Justin Jordan book. Backways, yes. right? Yep. Backways number one from Aftershock. I've been on the Aftershock train quite a bit lately, and uh, I see no reason to derail. We like Aftershock. I think. Uh, the good the good folks at Cowabunga like Aftershock as well. Sure do. We're big fans. And Aftershock's been so good. Um, I know some people in, of mine have gone straight to trade on Aftershock. So they do such a good job, it seems, with their trades and how regular they come out that uh, people have immediately begun, oh, it's an Aftershock title. Cool, I'll do the first trade on that. Yep. Now, there's a couple things that we haven't talked about that are coming out on, on Wednesday. Okay. Predominantly in the uh, the section of Marvel variants. Mm-hmm. So we still have legacy lenticulars trickling out. But we also have a number of Phoenix variants that are coming out. Ah. Uh, so there's those as well as uh, we have things like the Marvel 2-in-1, number one, Alex Ross variant, which is a 1-in-50, but the cover is awesome. Um uh, that's, I mean, there's there's going to be some out here that are, if you've got a few extra shekels to spend, you may end up paying 30, 40 bucks for it, but it could be a book that turns around and gets a little hot for a little bit. So, um, now was that on the, like I was saying, was that on the regular new release list? You can go into, you can go into the, uh, the under new releases, the new printings and variants and go, the entire month is blocked together so we don't get week by week, but you can uh, match up the ones. So you have to, yeah, you have to, um, kind of look for the date. (coughs) Yep. Is that how you do it? So like there's a Dan Mora, Incredible Hulk 711 Phoenix variant. You also have a Marco Cicchetto variant of, uh, Hulk 711. You've got, what else we got? So now I would have Um, covers to look at. Even though they weren't in the pre-order cycle, and I could, I could go back and maybe FOC some of these. Not the stuff that's coming out this week, but you know the stuff that maybe hasn't hit the FOC yet. Is that prop? Is that right? 
Yeah, or stuff like um, some of the stuff for January 10th that that might be FOCable, depending on where we're at. But um, yeah, so like you got a uh, Chris Burnham, Old Man Logan, Phoenix cover. I'm trying to think what else. You've got a Jenny Frizen. Nope, I'm sorry. That's the next week. I'm a week ahead there. Um, but Old Man Logan is a really cool looking Phoenix cover. You've got a Spider Gwen, uh, Yasmine Putri Phoenix variant, which is really cool colors. Um, a lot of blues and purples in it. Um, what else we got? Tales of Suspense. You got a John Taylor <coughs> Christopher trading card variant. You got a headshot variant. And you've got a Sorrentino variant. Venom 159 has a Phoenix variant by Tyler Crook. And there's our grand design variants. Yep. So um, there's a few of those in there as well. More stuff than I can pay for. Yeah, a lot of really cool stuff in there. And those Phoenix, uh, we talked about the Thanos one I ordered. It was yep. a really cool looking one. Who did the art on that one? Oh, boy, that's a good question. I can't remember. I can't remember. Okay, I can't remember Phoenix. Top. Yeah. I look at so many of these that I, I have to admit, I get cross-eyed oh, at some points trying together, to piece yeah. them all together. Definitely. Yeah. Raza. The, whoever, Raza. However you want to say that. That's the one who did the Thanos. Let's see if we've got any other any other goodies that are coming out in some of these other smaller publishers that may have variants. Um, so I need to take that. I think I need to take that list from the preview site, the new printings and variants, copy it into an Excel file so that I can sort it by date, kind of organize. Or do they add stuff every week? It should be updated every uh, week. As one week rolls off, they add another week. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But, It'd uh, be nice to have a sortable table, though. Yes, it would. Um, oh, I'll say, if anyone gets into the Dynamite Entertainment variants, there is a, usually a pretty steady uh, appetite for some of the 10, 20, 30 copy Dynamite Entertainment um, books, especially this new resurgence of things like Betty Page, Barbarella, um, Sheena, is it Deja Thoris? Is she coming? Yeah, Deja Thoris. So there, there's a good chunk of those um, that are actually pretty popular, especially if you get kind of the big name folks. So like on the Deja Thoris, there's a one in one hundred. J. Scott Campbell. That's going to be one that's going to have some mm-hmm. some staying power. Um, the let's see. I know we've had like Linzer variants on on Betty Page. Those will retain value. Um, trying to think what some of the other ones might be. But yeah, so if anybody ever sees those, um, those are things that are usually, as far as the the variants go, those tend to have a pretty good shelf life and long legs. Uh, just make sure that you're getting a decent uh, a decent rate for them or a decent price on them. And uh, you can look ahead. Usually a lot of the Dynamite ones as well will have some pre-sales on eBay that are sold. So you can look there just as a recommendation. 
And then the other thing I would say to keep your eyes open for are if you see things like Vampirella or Red Sonia's that may be by Jenny Frison, not just because we all love Jenny Frison, but her covers on those books tend to sell really good. Predominantly, she did art previously, isn't doing as much for them now, uh, but that was really where she got her start. Small print runs and really, really popular. So that's a little off tangent, but still spec related. Very much so. Oh man, yeah. we've been we've been doing this for two hours and twenty minutes, guys. Oops. Let's go. I'm just getting started. <laughs> now listen, Central Time. Um, <laughs> we do appreciate you coming on, Eric. You got anything to plug before we we cut this off? I guess the uh, the only things to plug would really be, um, you know, if you're interested at all in what Calabunga has to offer. Check out our Facebook page. That's really the best way to see what we're all about. We don't get into posting, you know, what's new this week from a new printing standpoint because Previous World does that. But if you're a back issue collector, every Monday we drop key issues and frequently throughout the week. Um, so you can always see what we've got. We've done quite a bit of business through Facebook where people will call us and ask about things. So uh, by all means, hit us up there. If you're interested in um, you know, seeing what we have to offer as far as pricing, as far as uh, what products we can offer through a, a pull list, just let me know. Uh, you can shoot an email to orders at cowbungacomics.com and uh, we'll get you squared away and I can kind of tell you what we've got going on. Uh, one of the beautiful things is that we aren't massive to the point where we kind of lose touch with whomever you know is, is ordering from us. We we try and strive to really have a little bit more of a personal touch with things. And if we see something that doesn't look right, we validate uh, before anything gets sent or before um, before we order stuff to make sure that numbers are right. So you know if there's if you ever have any issues like that, you know we're, we're we try really hard to be a cut above. Um, but, and then the only other thing to say is if you want to know more about what goes on kind of running a comic store, have any, um, questions about what it is that we do day to day, um, how we plan our business, run our business. If you haven't checked out our podcast, you should, it's the Cowcast, K-O-W-C-A-S-T. And, uh, it's James and I really kind of digging in and every once in a while we get fun nuggets. Like we've got the audio from the, uh, DC Rebirth Roadshow when Rebirth first came out from Dan DiDio and Jim Lee. We're able to toss those things up there. Uh, but otherwise, we go into things like how events are working in the store, uh, how we handle certain aspects of ordering, what kind of products we carry, how we set up our store, all those different things. So those are the the things I've got to plug. Fantastic. You really chummed the waters a couple weeks ago. You dropped a uh, Rick and Morty number one on the Facebook page. There was a lot of people talking, about, immediately messaging you about that. Yes, yes, there were. That <laughs> <laughs> was a popular one. It was. Not a lot of those out there, right? Only a few thousand? No. No, there's, yeah, there's only a few thousand. I mean, it's one of those issue ones that uh, had a very low print run. Obviously, it's not quite as uh, quite as spendy or popular as a Walking Dead number one, which we also dropped a few weeks ago. We had a, we've got a 9-8 Walking Dead number one. Um but, yeah, definitely one that got a lot of people excited. And it's at an affordable price range where, well, it was at an affordable price range where a lot of people could uh, could purchase it, and it, and it was it was uh, doable. I don't, I don't want to nice, know. Very nice, very nice. I don't want to know. 
out of my range. <laughs> uh, all right. We want to thank you guys for listening to Comics Fun and Profit. We want to remind everybody that if you want to send your hate mail to Drew <laughs> for any of the things that he has said on today's podcast, of course, you can find him Comics Fun Profit on Twitter, uh, Comics Fun and Profit at gmail.com. We have a Facebook as well. I want to thank Eric so much for joining us for uh, this to help us go over thing and help us make heads or tails of some of the things that are going on in the comic world today. So for Eric, for Drew, and for myself, see ya. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs>